Outdoor Edge knows that providing a freezer full of meat is part of the reason we all hunt. And what better way to bring it full circle than to process your own wild game? Outdoor Edge provides a full lineup of traditional and replaceable blade hunting knives and complete wild game processing kits to bring your wild game from the field to the freezer. Visit OutdoorEdge.com and at checkout, enter the discount code N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show this week. This is the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. I'm feeling very invigorated today. I'm getting to start a little earlier than normal, so nice and early in the day. And uh, yeah, I just have a lot of energy, so that's good for you guys, good for me, good for everybody. So here we are. Welcome to the show. What a crazy weather week Mother Nature has thrown at us this week. We had some snow and ice. It has been beautiful the last couple days. And then looking at the future forecast, the day this podcast comes out, it's supposed to be like really nasty thunderstorms. And so we've literally had all four seasons in like a one-week period this week. And so hope you guys are doing all right. Hope you're doing good. Hope you all survived all the weather. And uh, let's get this podcast going. So uh, this week, it's just going to be a good old-fashioned you and me podcast. Uh, I was looking back through the last several weeks, and uh, man, it's been like six weeks, I think, since we've had a podcast, just you guys and I. Um, Been doing a lot of guests, which I think is good. I think you guys enjoy that. Um, But every once in a while, I like to just kind of pull the reins back a little bit give you guys a little update, tell some stories, and that's what we have planned for today. So I got all kinds of stuff to go over. I got some fishing stories. I went and fished Blue River last week and had a great time. Really excited to tell you guys about that. Um, I had two special deliveries to the ranch this week that I'm excited to talk to you guys about. Kind of dealing with different things. And then, uh, man, I got some really exciting news from my brother yesterday. And uh, we're going to talk about it later on the podcast. But my my habitat plans for this year went from like a 4 out of 10 to like a 9 out of 10. Uh, so extremely excited to talk to you guys about that. And then also, I'm just going to get to spend some time with my family this weekend. So obviously excited for that too. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we got in store for the day. Whenever I do these podcasts like completely by myself, I always have a hard time transitioning from like intro to actual podcast because it's just me like there's no there's no like here we are today with this person or anything so yeah um i'm basically just gonna end this intro now and jump into the actual show so i hope you guys are excited for it i hope you guys don't dread these when it's just me uh because i kind of enjoy doing it if i'm being honest so uh, yeah, I haven't mentioned it in a while, but uh, hit me up on Instagram and Facebook, those two things. Um, I'm still uh, taking some consulting people if you're interested in me coming out to your property and uh, you know going over some hunting stuff, some uh, land management stuff, anything like that. Hit me up on that, um, okoutdoorspodcast at gmail.com for all the, that type of stuff. Um, still in some talks with some partners. Uh, hopefully get a few companies on the board here. Um So yeah, lots of exciting stuff coming down the pipe. But anyway, I talked about how it's weird to make a transition, and so I'm just going to make that transition right now. 
Alright guys, so this fishing story kind of starts about two weeks before it actually took place. Um, I was just kind of looking at the calendar. I knew I was going to have this Saturday free. And I've had, you know, a couple weekends where I haven't really had much plan. But it just seemed like Mother Nature always messed me over. Like, just the weather's been bad. Uh, that weekend I went up to the ranch to do my habitat work. It rained a bunch on Saturday and stuff. Um, but just looking at the future forecast, it looked like this Saturday was going to be like the first nice Saturday of the year. There were chances of storms on Friday, but then they were supposed to kind of clear up on Saturday. And what I really wanted to do, uh, or so I thought, was take my boat out to Texoma with my new fish finder and try to catch some stripers. Um, I've just been craving it. Uh, I've been dreaming of it, and that's what I kind of had my mindset on. Uh, but for whatever reason, I can't remember why exactly, but I was on the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife uh, Facebook page, and I saw this post they had made of them stocking 2,000 trout into Blue River. And Blue River is one of those things, like, I've heard about it for over a decade now. You know, my dad's talked about it. I've heard other people talk about it. And, uh, but I've just never, I don't know, I've just never gone. It's just one of those things, like, I've always known about it, but never done it. Um, and I've always kind of been in interested in it, but honestly, it's just one of those things, like, it kind of, I usually forget about it, you know, just never really think about it. Uh, but I saw this post that they put, and uh, I was like, man, that would be kind of cool. And uh, a couple days later, I see another post. It was like, hey, stocking 2,000 more trout. And I was like, man, like, they're really putting some fish in there. And uh, so, but I'm still kind of thinking I'm going to go to Texoma. You know, I want to use the new fish finder. And, uh, but then I start checking the weather some more. And the storms on Friday kind of kept getting pushed later and later into like Friday night. And my boat is not huge. It's 16 and a half feet, something like that. Um, so it's not really a great bad weather Texoma boat. It's just not. Texoma's a huge lake. The waves can get really nasty. Um, I've been caught out there before. And so I was like, hmm, maybe it's not a great day for me to take my boat to Texoma. And uh, just so happens, like a few days later, uh, another post by the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife, like, hey, 2,000 more trout going into Blue River. And so I was like, all right, pretty much made my mind up. I was like, I'm going to go to Blue River. And so I uh, did a little research, uh, you know, just kind of read some of the comments and stuff, and it sounded like people were catching all the, or most of the trout on silver spoons or, like, power bait. And so, uh, you know, I've trout fished in Idaho. Up there, I always use rooster tails. That was kind of like my go-to thing. My roommate taught me that. Uh, you know, just little bitty tiny rooster tails. And so I actually had a few rooster tails that I would bought uh, for when I went to Idaho last year for my buddy's wedding. Um, I, I had some power bait left over from that. And, uh, and then I stopped by Academy and bought a little bitty, like basically the smallest spoon they had. It was silver on one side, all silver. And then on the other side, it was half silver, half orange. And that's just the most silver one they had in, in, in a smaller size. And so uh, loaded up the truck Saturday, head out there, got there right after lunch. And uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, this is the Blue River Public Fishing and Hunting Area. It's just northeast of Tishomingo, Oklahoma. So I'd, I'd call it southern Oklahoma, uh, kind of south central. Um, so yeah, showed up uh, in the parking lot. I decided I was going to fish kind of the northern end. I don't know why I didn't have any hot tips or anything like that. Um, that's just kind of the spot that looked interesting to me. So uh, parked the truck. Um, in the month of March, you one, you're only allowed to take one rod, just so everybody knows. That's in the regs. And then you are allowed to keep three fish, no size limit. Um, and so I knew that going in. 
Uh, you're supposed to have a separate stringer for every person, uh, and you're supposed to put, uh, like, your ID number on there and everything. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to, like, throw them all. If you have multiple people, you're not supposed to throw them all together. You're supposed to keep them separate. And so I was by myself anyway. Didn't really have to worry about that, but just letting you guys know. So parked the truck, and uh, there was, uh, I guess, kind of what I imagined. I, I knew I wasn't going to have the river to myself on a beautiful Saturday. Um, so there's, I don't know, five or six cars in the parking lot. And, um, I would say three quarters of those people were probably fly fishermen from what I saw. Um, there was one father and son couple out there that I ran into a few times, rod and reel fishing. Uh, there's a group of like three high school age guys that I saw, uh, with regular rods, but most of the people out there were fly fishermen. And so anyway, take off down the trail and, uh, I tried the power bait first. I don't know why I just, I caught a bunch of fish in Idaho with the little power bait. And, uh, but I was still pretty close to the parking lot and, uh, fished with the power bait for maybe 15 minutes. Uh, you know, tried a couple different spots, absolutely nothing. So I was like, all right, forget that. So tied down my little silver spoon that, you know, according to Facebook, I thought that was going to be the hot ticket. Start fishing, nothing. Uh, go further up the river, fish, nothing. Go further up, fish, nothing. And, um, you know, I, I guess I didn't really know what to expect, but, uh, just from like seeing them, you know, stock all the fish on Facebook and seeing some of the comments for some reason, I thought I was just going to go up there and like super easily just catch fish after fish after fish and, uh, quickly figured out that that was not the case and that I had my work cut out for me. And so I'm hiking further up. I'm trying different spots. Um, I'm running in deer sign, which is very distracting to me. Like if I had the choice of, you know, deer hunting or fishing, I'm going to choose deer hunting every time. And so there was like a couple rubs right off the side of the trail, you know, nothing, nothing huge, probably, you know, not any monster bucks, uh, not saying there's not any out there. I don't know, but just the sign I was seeing didn't look like it was made by any, any monster buck. But anyway, so I'm trying to like half scout for deer just because like I have no intention of hunting there really um but I just can't help myself and half fishing and finally get back to a spot where there was actually a few fly fishermen just leaving and all the people I ran into out there were super nice and everybody's you know how you doing you know what are you using that type of thing uh didn't run into any jerks um at all and so that was nice so anyway these fly fishermen are like yeah we caught a few here we're gonna you know we've been here for a little while we're gonna go on up and so, uh, so anyway, I was fishing below these falls, still had my little silver spoon just because I thought that's what I needed to use for some reason. And, uh, the best thing in the world happened to me. I cast, had a bad cast, wrapped that sucker around a tree limb and it broke off. So I had only bought one spoon and I lost it to a tree limb. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going back to what I know. So I tie on a little silver rooster tail. It's all silver, uh, silver plate silver body and a like white feather the feathery part of the end was white and so uh it's pretty tight where i was uh you know trying down there below these falls so finally i go up and i think the big advantage i had in this spot was it would be really hard to fly fish like there was a bunch of trees along the bank and stuff the water seemed pretty deep and so uh i don't think the fly fishermen had hit this spot again this is you know probably two o'clock in the afternoon by the time i get back to this spot and so I felt like such a dummy. So anyway, I've already you know done a few casts up on top of the falls, and I, I cast it out there, and I'm reeling it back in. Water's super clear, so you can see your lure you know most of the way. And so I'm reeling it in, reeling it in, you know for like the thousandth time, and all of a sudden I'm like, man, why is there a stick behind my lure? And then like 
it dawned on me like, oh, you idiot. Like, that's a fish following it. And just about that time, I slowed it down just a, a, a little bitty bit and wham, trout hits it. And ow, I, <laughs> I'm like completely taken off guard, like super excited. I managed to not set the hook so bad that it ripped the fish's face off. Uh, that was one thing I learned in Idaho. Uh, man, I got made fun of so much when I first got there because I had I had like my bait cast reel and all my bass fishing stuff and everybody made fun of me like I was trying to catch a whale or something because, you know, they just have trout up there. And then the first time I actually like had the right equipment and uh, a trout hit my line, I freaking set the hook like a bass and just ripped it right out of its mouth. So anyway, I was able to keep myself under control, you know, just a light hook set and uh, reeled that bad boy in and caught my first ever Oklahoma trout. And like to say I was excited was an understatement. I was losing it. I'm glad there wasn't anybody else around. I was by myself uh, because I was super excited and uh, so I pulled it up on the bank, and of course it gets covered in dirt and grass and everything, and I'm trying to take pictures and stuff, and it's all filthy, so I'm trying to brush it off with my hand, it's just not working, um, but very excited about it. I'm like texting the picture to my buddies and stuff, like, look what I did and stuff, uh, and man, it's been, I, don't, I haven't caught a trout since probably like my junior or senior year at college, which would have been 2012, 2013, something like that, um, so yeah, my first trout in almost a decade. And uh, so then I was like, all right, I got a little confidence about me. I think the rooster tail is going to do it. And so uh, that was, I mean, it was a pretty good sized fish. I, actually, I think it was my biggest fish of the day, that very first one. And so uh, put it on the stringer, tried that spot a little bit more, no luck. And uh, so I decided to go a little further up. And I, I was using Onyx as I was going, kind of looking at the map. And uh, just kind of from what I had figured out so far and judging by where everybody else was fishing, I kind of figured out that the falls were the place to be, you know, above or below didn't matter so much, but just, you kind of need to be around those. So hike a little further up river and, uh, find this other little place that surprisingly nobody was at, you know, kind of a smaller, uh, little set of falls. Still got my rooster tail on. And, um, and I was like, all right, there's gotta be a fish right below those falls. So cast out there, reel back in sure enough wham second fish so reel it in and this time i like (laughs) it sounds stupid but i have pictures in mind you know you gotta do it for the gram and so i reel it up close to the bank and then lift my rod up and you know keep it off the ground grab the line so i got this perfectly nice clean fish i was like all right sweet this is gonna be great for pictures and so get my pliers out take the hook off and i'm holding it in my left hand and trying to dig my phone out of my pocket with my right hand and the fish starts flopping, falls out of my hand onto the ground. So now I'm like, okay, Mr. Fish. And it wasn't quite as big as my first one, uh, but I was I was going to keep it. It was big enough that I thought it would be worth keeping. Uh, so anyway, so I'm looking at this like dirty fish, and I'm like, oh, man, I really want it clean for the pictures. And so I make the absolutely stupid decision that I'm going to wash this fish off. And so I grab the fish with my left hand, and then I put my right hand in its mouth. I know that's not really what you do with trout, but anyway, that's what I decided to do. So I walk over to the water, and I'm like trying to, you know, swish it around the water. And the stuff, I guess trout are just, I don't know, stickier than other fish that I'm used to. But the stuff is just not coming off. And so once again, just stupid of me, I leave my right hand in its mouth, take my left hand off, and start kind of like basically trying to brush all the dirt and grass off. And, of course, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it starts flinging its head, and I lose my grip, and the fish swims away. And so, I learned my lesson. I didn't try to wash any more fish off. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, that fish gets away, 
and uh, I'd kind of walked down the river a little bit from where I'd caught it, just trying to find a good spot to kneel down, you know, to, close to the water. So pick my rod up, cast it out there, you know, a little further down the river, and uh, within like two or three casts, boom, another fish. So reel it in, and it's a it's a little guy. It's I don't know, maybe it might have been as long as my hand, you know, maybe six inches, something like that. Decide it's not worth keeping. So throw it back and uh, go back up to the falls. A couple casts later, boom, another one. And it's this is a good one, almost as big as my first fish. And so uh, it unfortunately hits the ground also, but I learned my lesson not trying to wipe it off. So now I got two pretty darn good fish, and my confidence is like through the roof. I was like, man, like I'm catching them now. I got the right bait. I found the right spot. Uh, I've caught three fish in this location in, a, in a, you know maybe five, ten minutes, something like that. And I was like, man, getting my limit is going to be easy. And I basically cursed myself. (laughs) That last fish, the last darn fish for your limit is always the hardest. And uh, I fished that spot for another 10, 15 minutes. Didn't catch anything. Uh, I looked at my phone. There was another falls a little further up the river. Hiked up there. There was, I don't know, at least three fly fishermen up there. Um, but I kind of, you know, got out, got out of their way and stuff. Tried fishing there for another 10, 15 minutes. Didn't catch anything. And uh, it was getting late in the day. And so I decided I was just, just kind of fish my way back. And I fished for another probably hour and a half and never caught a third key. Or uh, didn't catch any more fish at all. And so I ended up coming home with two fish instead of three that I definitely should have had three. Um, but I was working my way back, you know, kind of fishing on and off, ran into some more people that were super nice. And then I was maybe, I was less than a half mile from the truck and I had two or three more spots that I wanted to hit. And I don't know what happened, but I cast out there. I was using, using a light rate, well, uh, excuse me. I was using a lightweight spinning rod, just a little crappie rod. Figured that'd be good for the trout. And I don't know what happened, but I looked down and there was just a massive knot in my reel. I don't know if because of, I was using that rooster tail and it was putting too much spin in the line or what, um, but I tried you know working on it for a little bit, and, but it was just too big of a mess to fix out in the field, and so that basically ended my trip, that knot, but I, like I said, I was almost back to the truck anyway, so hiked back, um, took some pictures and stuff, and then headed home, so that was the end of the fishing trip, but man, I, I cannot recommend it enough. I think when this spot, let's see. Yeah, when this podcast comes out, I think you might have some more time to get out there. Uh, They stock all the way up to the end of March, I believe. Um, So, yeah. Uh, But definitely remember this for next year, guys. Uh, I know I'll probably be back out there. I believe they start stocking in November and then uh, finish stocking in March. Uh, But be sure to check the regulations because they kind of change depending on the time of year you go out. Um, But, yeah, absolutely blast. I loved it. I definitely should have had my limit and just just screwed it up trying to wash a darn fish off for the picture so i know a lot of people say do it for the gram but also be responsible and pay attention to what you're doing so so yeah brought them home uh looked up a nice little youtube video on how to clean them super easy to clean uh you basically just slice down their belly and then put your knife through their jaw kind of make a little slit and then when you pull that out, basically almost all the guts come with it. And then uh, usually, I, th- I think they said in the video, it's their liver. Their liver basically runs along the bottom of their spine. Uh, but you just kind of get in there with your thumb and scrape it out. And I mean, I had, I've never done it before. 
and I had two trout cleaned in like 10 to 15 minutes. And so, uh, very easy to do. I highly recommend it. So yeah, get out there and, uh, and enjoy Blue River. Uh, take advantage of it, guys. Like These are some of the awesome natural resources we have here in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, most people don't think of Oklahoma as a trout fishing state. I know I didn't, or don't, um, but we have some opportunities. Um, my next goal now is to, well, two things. One, uh, I want to fish Broken Bow. That's closer anyway, really. And then um, I think next year I want to try to catch one on a fly. Um, I've done... Some fly fishing when I was up in Idaho, I I really don't enjoy it that much. To me, it's way too much work. I'd rather just catch a fish. Um, but I don't know. There's definitely something to the challenge of it. And it seems like the more I just experience the outdoors, kind of the more challenging I want to make it for myself. And so, yeah, I think next year I might try, might try to get back out there and uh, use the old fly rod. But once again, highly rec- recommend it to you guys. Um, but yeah, that is my fishing story for this week's episode. So super hard, awkward transition here, but I didn't know how else to do it. Uh, as I mentioned, I got two really cool deliveries to the ranch this week. And the first one, uh, oddly enough, the last time I did a podcast by myself, it's kind of what we covered. Uh, my Banks Outdoors Stump Fours arrived this week, uh, just yesterday. And so like I mentioned before, I got four of them. I am so stoked, guys. You guys don't even know. I've I've had so many homemade blinds, um, brush blinds, plywood blinds, uh, tin roof blinds. The list goes on. And I've always dreamed of having you know, a nice, comfortable place to hunt, uh, and specifically bow hunt out of. Um, you know, our previous property had some rifle blinds that were pretty nice, but I just, I just don't do that much rifle hunting traditionally. And so really excited for these stump fours. Um, I've described them pretty, uh, you know, in depth in the other podcast, but they have kind of a large horizontal window in the front. That's, uh, it's a little bigger than most of them because it's made to shoot, uh, crossbows out of, but that's going to work very good for being able to shoot, uh, you know, a compound bow out of, and then it has kind of more squarish rectangular windows, uh, on the other corners. And the, the thing I like about it, as I mentioned, you know, in the other podcast is that it really works well for either a bow blind or a gun blind. And that's what I wanted. Um, you know, I do a little bit of both. Um, my brother's kids are getting older. His oldest boy is seven, I think about to turn eight. So, you know, he's going to be hunting pretty soon. Um, and so that was, you know, I, I definitely had the kids in mind. Um, you know, my daughter's coming this June, so she'll be hunting before we know it. And, uh, these blinds are built great. Uh, you know, they're going to last until my daughter's old enough to start hunting, Lord willing. And, uh, and like I said, my nieces and nephews are almost there. And so very, very, very excited about these blinds. I actually haven't seen them myself yet, uh, but my brother uh, told me if they were delivered, sent me a few pictures. Uh, he was blown away himself. You know, I'd told him what I had ordered. I think I'd, you know, showed him some pictures and stuff. Uh, but he called me kind of in awe and he said he was standing in one, standing straight up and with both his arms extended out to the sides and was not touching the ceiling or either walls. And so, again, these things are going to have plenty of room to shoot a bow out of um, or, you know, bring a kid or two along. Um, I've I've been wanting to start taking my nieces and nephews with me, you know, maybe during muzzleloader season or rifle season. Uh, Let them, you know, watch the deer and just come along and experience the outdoors. And so, very, very excited for these blinds. I'm pretty sure I have mapped out where I want to put them all. Uh, One of them is definitely going to the saddle. 
I'm going to use it for, you know, muzzle muzzleloader and rifle blind for sure. One of them is going to go to the back over our big food plot. Uh, I'm going to completely redo that setup. So, um, I don't know if I don't know if y'all want to hear me go into it at all, but uh, I set the 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 setup up closer to the neighboring fence because at the time uh, the, that land was actually for sale. We were actually going to try to buy it ourselves, uh, so I didn't feel that bad about putting it closer to the fence. Um, things kind of fell through with it. Another guy bought it, and so I've always just kind of felt bad about how close that setup is to the fence. It, it's not like right on it or anything, but just probably closer than I would want somebody to be. And so I'm going to move that off the fence a little bit, probably plant some kind of screen along there um, because I have seen a lot of bucks, uh, you know, go on the other side of the fence on on their side. So I want to do something to draw them over to our side, obviously still have the big food plot out there and a feeder. So that'll be a good bow slash rifle uh, setup. Uh, that plot is where I shot my, my rifle buck this year at 20 yards. I just didn't have my bow with me, so I had to kill him with a rifle. Um, but yeah, so one of them is going to go back there. One of them is going to go to a spot I call the cemetery pasture. There's actually an old cemetery out there, which is why we call it that. Um, but it's a spot a lot of bucks show up to this. It's just a feeder out in the middle of a Bermuda pasture. Um, and then there's real thick woods kind of on the edges. And lots and lots of bucks come out there. But it's just a hard spot to hunt. It just seems like the wind is never right. Um, I would love it for to be flipped. You know, like the pasture on the west and the woods on the east but unfortunately the pastures on the east woods are on the west so if you have your normal like southeast wind it can blow into the woods a little further down um a north wind is like okay but if the bucks circle down wind then you're kind of you know kaput so very excited to put a blind there um to where i shut the windows in control some of my scent and get to hunt that spot more um so yeah that's that spot's gonna be hard not to over hunt now that i have these blinds but uh luckily i have really good access um you know coming across that wide open bermuda pasture is i don't know good and bad because there's not gonna be any deer out there because there's nothing for them the only kind of downside is there's not much cover um but you just get in really early or really late and it usually works out so excited about that and then the fourth one's kind of the floater. I think I have a spot that I want to put it kind of on the north end of the big thick area in the back of our place, um, but still open to that. So, man, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be really spoiled this year. Um, you know, I've mentioned before, like there really there's not that many places to hang a tree stand on our place. It's just it's a cattle place, um, and the previous owner in 2008 completely clear cut it basically. Um, you know, except for some trees along the creeks and stuff and a few random shade trees. So there's just not that many places to hang a tree stand. So now I'll have these four blinds and then I already had two of those Cryvoman blinds. So I'll now have six blinds I can bow hunt out of. So, um, I almost feel like weird about it. Like I, I don't necessarily want to always hunt out of a blind, but unfortunately that's just kind of the cards I'm dealt with this property. Um, so for that property yeah gonna be doing a lot of hunting out of blinds this year so uh so yeah that it was one of the big things that showed up that i'm obviously very excited about i wish lumber wasn't at an all-time stinking high because uh i did not get the metal towers uh but one of the things that made me want to buy these blinds is that they come with the brackets for the four by four post um so you can build a wood tower instead of having to pay for the metal tower but my Lanta, I, uh, I was looking at some 4x4s at Home Depot this week and just absolutely outrageous. And so, uh, you know, I want to I want to build them up high, uh, but gosh, that's going to be expensive. And so definitely going to have to figure that out. 
and uh, try to decide whether I want to go ahead and buy it or roll the dice that lumber might come down. But I don't know. Everything I've seen, uh, lumber's only going up and not down. So might need to, you know, just go ahead and jump on that grenade, unfortunately. So anyway, so yeah, blinds was one very exciting thing that happened. And then the other thing, uh, so my brother called, you know, said the blinds were there. They had them unloaded and everything. And then he was like, oh, by the way, they're bringing the dozer back, which... I just, I didn't even think that was a possibility, and uh, we have a, uh, on the ranch, we have an old, I believe it's a 1971 uh, John Deere 550, and, uh, you know, pretty dated, obviously been around the block a time or two, uh, I have no idea how many hours it has on it, because the gauges don't work, but, well, you know, this thing's been rode pretty hard, uh, the front, rear, and left window are still there, but both the doors and the right window are gone. And so if you're working on a cold day, you face one direction so that that cold wind hits the window. And if it's hot, you turn around and face the other direction so that that breeze blows through the broken window. So that's kind of how it goes. But um, anyway, so y'all know I've been trying to do some habitat work on our place. Um, you know, I spent uh, a weekend chainsawing a few weeks ago. And I have on my map, like, five or six areas uh but you know all of which are you know one to four acres somewhere in there that i've been wanting to clear out kind of you know do a bedding area type thing and uh but this dozer has been down for a while uh we had it at a mechanic shop but he basically said he didn't know when he would get to it and so i've been planning just to do all this work with my chainsaw and uh like i said i started a few weeks ago um, but my kind of my goal coming into this year was to hopefully get two of these five or six areas cut with the chainsaw, and I thought I'd be doing pretty good to get two of them done. Uh, but now that we have the dozer back, I mean, I don't see any reason I shouldn't be able to get all of them done, and so very excited about this. Most of these areas I'm talking about are really just cedars. You know, it's no big clearing. It's I'm not taking out any giant oaks or anything like that. Um, but, uh, man, I have absolutely mastered the art of taking this little dozer up to cedar tree, you know, somewhere in like the three to six inch diameter cedar trees. And you just take the corner of your blade down there and get it at the base of that tree and just pop it out. And, uh, I can seriously clear some cedars. So very excited about that. So like I said, um, you know, we had Adam Keith on the, on the podcast a few weeks ago. We talked about that saddle. I'm definitely going to do that, uh, those two areas. And then I have, like I said, several other places that honestly just don't e- wouldn't even take that long with a dozer, but would take hours and hours with a chainsaw. So very, very excited about that. Uh, so I was just excited to have the dozer back for that. Um, hadn't even considered the potential to do a um, uh, controlled burn. And believe it or not, it was actually my brother's idea. He called me back about an hour later, and um, he had been asking me about putting some cows in the back to graze it down, and I told him it was fine. And uh, he's like, hey, what if we basically kind of use the cows as a, as a controlled burn tool, send the cows back there, graze a lot of the grass, and then use the dozer to cut in a few little fire breaks and burn some of these deep, overgrown draws on, you know, the north and south side of the canyon. Uh, and so, I, like, I'm almost ashamed that I didn't think of it myself. Uh, so that is absolutely in the plan. And so, uh, yeah, this weekend, like I said, my original plan was to go up there, do some more chainsaw work. But now that we have the dozer, I'm going to cut in a bunch of these bedding areas and then also hopefully make some fire breaks uh, so that the following weekend, after the cows have been pulled out and everything... 
we can do some controlled burns. And like I said, I mean, I'm, I, I went from like hopefully cutting in like three acres of bedding to cutting in like 10 to 12 acres of bedding and doing some controlled burns. And so like I said, I took my, I took my habitat work from like a four out of 10 to like a nine out of 10. And so I'm basically on cloud nine. That's probably why I have so much energy today is because I'm just so excited about this stuff. So man, like I said, I mean, I was hoping to cut in two bedding areas, set these four blinds up, and that was about it. And now I'm doing all of that, plus some more bedding areas, plus doing a bunch of burns, uh, plus rearranging that back food plot like I mentioned, planning a screen and all that stuff. So, yeah, all that to say, this coming deer season has a lot of potential. Um, if I can get all this stuff stuff done... And, you know, all the stuff will hopefully be done in the next, like, two weeks. Um, and then after that, like, I'm going to be hands-off. You know, I don't know if I'll get the blinds set up in that time. I might have to go back there and set the blinds up. Um, but for the rest of the year, I'm just going to be able to leave that stuff alone and let it all calm down, settle down, let the deer get in there and use it. I'm really hoping with these controlled burns we might get some turkeys. Um, like I've, I think I've mentioned it on here, my brother's place, we just – we're in that southeastern part of Oklahoma where there aren't many turkeys to begin with. And this property, I think, I think I've gotten two pictures of turkeys ever. Um, and so they're they're there somewhere, but we just don't have a good population. And so hopefully with some of this habitat work and some of these burns, we can bring in some more turkeys. And who knows, even some quail. Like we see a few quail every now and again. And uh, I would... I would love to burn the the grassy areas also, um, but uh, you know my brother needs it for the grazing, and uh, and I think it's going to be a good tool to burn. The, I think these draws and stuff are more important, and so we're going to do that this year, and then you know maybe next year we can cut some more fire fire breaks and burn more of the grassy areas. But we are well on our way to turning this place into. I mean, honestly, more than it should be. Like we should not be seeing and killing the types of deer we've been seeing and killing already uh but this type of stuff it just excites me so much because there's just i, I can't even imagine where the potential could go um you know with, with all these practices we're putting in we got some good neighbors um so yeah just absolutely over the top excited for the future of this place and uh and i'm and i'm not just settling for this place um you know i have Y'all know last year I tried to get some hunting permission on a few other places and was unsuccessful. I've already, you know, got a plane in my head for this year. I got a few neighbors around there, around our Oklahoma place that I want to talk to. And then uh, I've picked out some more Texas places that I want to try to hunt. Uh, You know, my buddy still has his lease that he lets me hunt. Uh, But if you guys aren't familiar with how Texas uh, works, you're actually allowed to kill three bucks in Texas but it kind of varies by county. So you have one buck counties and you have two buck counties. And so my buddy's place is in a one buck county, which means you are only allowed to kill one buck in that county. So if you want to shoot another buck, you have to go to a different county. And so that's why I'm trying to get some more permission, uh, basically in just different counties so that I can, you know, hunt more deer. Honestly, I don't need any more. Like I, I had, you know, three buck tags last year. Well, you know, technically I had five if you count the other Texas tags. But uh, I killed three bucks last year, which is absolutely nothing to complain about. I have plenty of opportunities, but there's just there's always room for more. That's all I'm saying. And so yeah, so lots and lots and lots of big plans coming up for this year, and I can't wait to bring you guys along. So let me see here. 
What else was I planning to cover today? I already talked about we got some uh, potential partners of the podcast coming up. Uh, I got several episodes in the books. Uh, I got notes all over my computer right here. Um, I got two turkey episodes I'm working on. Got a fly fishing guy I'm working on. Been trying to get one of those for a while and haven't been able to nail anybody down. Um, I got uh, an Upland Game guy. I still have a few cards from the ATA show that I haven't gotten to. And so, yeah, lots of exciting stuff coming down the pipe with the podcast. And I've been meaning to reach out to you guys. You know, every week I'm kind of just seeing what I can find to have on. Uh, If you guys have any specific episodes or things you would like me to cover, uh, please, please reach out to me and let me know. Because once again, I'm doing this for you guys. Uh, You know, selfishly, I get to have an episode that, you know, uh, helps me out every now and again. Um, But I really am doing this to help more people around me. And so I'm definitely excited to hear from you guys on a few ideas. Um, I'm going to be at the... Total Archery Challenge, I'm pretty sure April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, I believe, are the dates on that. I'll probably just be there on Saturday. Um, I think I decided if if I shoot the course, or do the course and shoot, uh, I'm going to take the trad bow. I've been practicing a lot with it, getting more and more comfortable. My only worry is that I don't have enough arrows uh, because I'm sure there's going to be some crazy targets and further you know shots that I'm used to that I'll miss. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in Broken Bow for the Total Archery Challenge that weekend. Still got to get out to Texoma and catch some stripers. I actually haven't finished installing that fish finder. I think I might have even mentioned that last week. Um, did basically all the hard work is done. I got the transducer on. Uh, I took the whole back deck off to run the cable, uh, up, you know, through the back and down the side and everything. Got it to the console. Um, but I haven't mounted the actual screen yet and connected all the power and everything like that but all that's you know kind of already pre-wired up under the under the dash and everything so basically just have to set the screen and get that going um pretty excited about doing some fishing i know i was kind of bashing fishing earlier with the whole hunting thing um but you know this time of year i don't have as much to hunt uh and so i'm ready to do some fishing uh i'm ready to eat some fish that's the main thing like i think i'm more excited about eating fish than i am catching fish um, speaking of that, I actually have those two trout in the fridge right now. I think that's what's, what I'm going to have for dinner. Um, about to YouTube some recipes, figure out what I can do with those. Um, so yeah, like I said, got a lot of episodes coming down the pipe. I'm ready to do some fishing. Um, I got that feeder running, uh, for, uh, to try to shoot a hog with the trad bow. Uh, hopefully going to get to that this weekend. I just have so many plans, guys. So many plans, not enough time. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, my my baby is coming end of June, so I'm trying to squeeze all these things in uh, right now because I know the closer that gets, the less my wife is going to want me to be away from home. So trying to get all that stuff worked out. Um, trying to get basically completely prepared for deer season before the baby comes uh because once again i you know i don't want to be away from the wife too long and stuff and and messing with deer stuff because contrary to what some people might say i do have my prior priorities straight i'm very excited for this baby and uh and i do plan on spending a whole bunch of time with it and my wife and so uh yeah i'm not sure what this deer season is going to look like I'm obviously still going to get uh, a lot of hunting done, but maybe not quite as hardcore as I as I was this previous year. Uh, you know, there are a few weekends, like I went to Texas one weekend, drove back Sunday morning, and then just kept going out to the ranch and hunted our place Sunday evening because I had, you know, some pictures of bucks. Probably not going to be able to do that kind of stuff. 
Um, but I will definitely be out there chasing some whitetail deer this fall. Um, oh, my turkey trip. I got a turkey trip coming up in April. Uh, the, you know, my boss has a place in the Panhandle of Texas, way out in West Texas. Uh, we're trying to lock down a date for that. Uh, Texas opens up a little bit earlier than our uh, southeastern portion of Oklahoma. And so definitely going to get out there and do some turkey hunting. We're going to try really hard to get his son on a turkey. Um, he's old enough to hunt. We tried to get him one last year, but he's just, you know, in, in his mind, the louder again is, the harder it kicks. And so trying to make him, uh, you know, take that step up from a 22 to a shotgun is just pretty scary for him. But we're hoping to get him on a turkey. Obviously, we're going to be hunting him, he and I, my boss and I. Last year, we had our triple. Uh, he shot two, and I shot one out of the same bunch. Uh, I don't know if we'll get that lucky again, but we'll definitely probably get on some birds. They got some good numbers out there. So, like I said, guys, all of this stuff to say, lots and lots of good content coming up. And so, uh, you know, this can be kind of the drier part of the year for, for a lot of podcasts, but I just don't see that happening anytime soon. I got a stack of business cards here I've been going through. Um, I've been trying to come up with uh, some numbers and media kits to send to potential partners. So the podcast is definitely growing, and I have you guys to thank for that. So that's going to pretty much do it for this episode. Thank you guys for uh, for sticking with me. I know it was a little bit shorter episode this week, um, but if I kept going, it'd just be me rambling on. So I hope you guys enjoyed my fishing stories, my updates, my habitat work, and all the stuff we have coming down the pipe. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast, sharing it. Welcome all you new viewers. And until next week, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.